welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Jesus is a living hope that's still alive. How many people believe that today? As we can declare those truths and the promises that God has for us in this place today, we can take it in to our Monday. We can let it inform the way that we live on Tuesday. And it can lead us through Saturday. It can give us that encouragement to push on because we have that living hope in who Jesus is and what he has to offer. Man, I'm so thankful for who he is. Thank you for coming and hanging with us this morning. Uh, You can go ahead, say what's up to some people as you grab a seat. Make yourselves comfortable. Thank you, sir. How's everybody doing? The sun is out. It's shining. At least it was last I saw. Tabletop was a little, that would be a good funny meme, huh? If I fell down and the top fell off. Well, thanks for joining us this morning, and uh, if you're a guest with us or if you haven't been with us in a while, last week we kicked off a brand new series entitled On This Rock, and in this series what we've been planning to do and what we hope God will do through it is to inform the way that we live out our faith based on the rock of our salvation, and last week we talked about who that is, and his name is Jesus. That he is the rock that we can have hope in. He is the one that we can build our lives in. And he has called us to be rocks that he wants to build in him and through him to impact our city and beyond. And uh, we're going to take a look at Peter's life. Not only what he lived out, but also the things that he wrote to inform our hearts and help us grow and what that relationship is. And if you've got your Bibles with you today, we'll be in 1 Peter 1, but before we get there, just want to let you know, like if you've got a Bible, maybe you don't, maybe you never bought one or you've never wanted one because you're like, man, that's just a big rule book to tell me how to live, and it's going to condemn me, and I'm going to feel terrible about myself. That's the opposite of what it is. The Bible is a love story. It's a love story about the God of the universe that created you and me because he wanted to spend eternity with us. But he also gave us this awesome gift of free will where we get to decide the choices we make. But through free will, sin entered into the world through Adam and Eve when they made some decisions they shouldn't have. Separated us from God. And this is his love story about how he came back after us, which culminated in him sending his son Jesus who died. But thank goodness that's not where he stayed because we were just singing the gospel message that he rose again. That he is living and breathing and he's seated on high and he sent his Holy Spirit to inform the way that we live. So we get to look at this as a love story to inform us in the way that we can live our lives to bless us because of what God wants to do in and through us. So 1 Peter, I'm going to read verses 13 to 16. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. And if you're taking notes with us today, the title of this message is Built Different. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for who you are. 
I thank you that you are here and you are in this place right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak, that you would help me get out of the way because there's something you have to say and I don't want to prohibit that in any way. Lord, we just pray your favor and blessing over those in the room here, those watching online, and those who might be checking this out at a later time. We thank you that you are in all things and over all things. You are in our yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And we thank you for that. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Built different. It's like a TikTok craze. You see memes all over the place, right? You see these athletes that have been getting really swollen. They're like, oh, I'm built different. Or they hit a game-winning shot, built different. I only see it in the sports world, but I'm sure there's some violinists out there who just slam their violin like, built different. <laughs> built different. This cultural phrase that is speaking to the fact that, hey, I am awesome and you're not. I'm so cool and I do things so much better than anybody else. I'm built differently. I'm cooler than you. I'm awesome. Built different. I want to look at it a little bit differently today. Is that cool? Because through God and what he calls us to do, he's saying we're built different. We're built different as followers of Christ. We get to be built different. And it's not because of anything that, he, that we've done for ourselves, but it's who he is and what he wants to do through our lives. Because he's saying, hey, you're built different. In a world that will tell us that we need to try to fit in, and we might be struggling hard to try to fit in, it can become so challenging. God is saying, I've called you to be different. In the verse that I just read, as he is saying, be holy because I am holy. The word holy can kind of hit you, right? Like, oh, what does that even look like? Holy. You immediately thought, holier than thou, some Christian walking around with their nose in the air like they're better than everyone. No? Am I the only one that thought of that when I read it? But be holy as he is holy. I want to break down the definition a little bit differently. Holy, translated, really means different. You see what I did there? Built different. Be holy. He's saying we're called to be different in a relationship with God. And we can struggle. We can struggle to try to fit in in our workplace, to try to fit in in our schools, fitting in within our friend groups when they're doing that thing that you know just isn't right to do, but you're like, man, I'm just too afraid not to do it because I want to fit in. It's hard to be different. And there's that inward battle and struggle that we all have too where it's like, yeah, I, not only do I know that that's wrong, but I also I want to fit in. I want to be like everybody else so that I'm accepted because that's where we find our value. That's where we find the love. But I want you to know today that God is saying, no, I don't want you to be the same as everybody else. You are built different. You are made in my image when you walk in relationship with me and I have something better for your life. I have something different for your life. Man, stop trying to fit in because I've called you to stand out. You're built different through me. And I got a question for you, something I want us to unpack today, is how can you make a difference if you're not willing to be different? How can you make a difference in anybody's life if you're looking like everybody else? 
It's a hard challenge, but I think it's a good one for us to reflect on today. Because wherever you're at, whatever place within your journey of this thing called life, there's something inside of you that's like, man, I'm built for something different. I know there's something inside of me I'm supposed to do. But what does that look like? How can I be a part of making a difference? And all of that starts with accepting the fact that you are built different. I'd like to explore it through the life of Peter today, through the writings of Peter today. And as we think about being different or being holy, it can be challenging to think about how do I get there? So then how, how do I do that? I'm being called to be holy, but what does that even look like? Another definition for the word holy is set apart. My wife actually tattooed it right on her wrist there as this reminder of being set apart. And not in a holier-than-thou type of way. It's a reminder that we need to know is, man, I am set apart. I'm built different in Christ. Because understanding what it means to be holy or to be set apart, we need to start at the beginning because God is set apart from us. When we know that he is set apart from us, but he loves us and welcomes us into the life that he has for us, when we live with him, he's saying, all right, now, by association. We always hear about guilt by association. How about grace by association? How about giftedness by association? How about loved by association? Built different by association. He's saying, come with me. I'm set apart over here, but I'm inviting you to join me. This isn't a club that not everyone's invited into. The hope and salvation of Jesus Christ is available to everybody. He's not picking and choosing who he wants in there. He's saying, no, I love everybody. I've created every single person in my image, and I want them to live life with me, and I want them to trust the fact that they're built different for different things, heavenly things, not worldly ones. Built different. See, because holiness isn't something we possess, but something that possesses us. Holiness is not something that you can say, all right, I'm going to seek after holiness and become holy. You can't do it. You can't. Because no one's perfect, not even one. We all sin and fall short. Jesus, he came to say, look, I'm setting the story straight. Nobody's higher than anybody else except for me and my Father in heaven who gave me the authority to come here. And now I'm actually going to die for you so that you can connect with us. So holiness is not something you can achieve on your own. It's saying, no, holiness has you. Holiness possesses you. Not in a weird way. That came out weird, right? Like, it's God saying, I love you so much. And when you come and you accept the love that I have for you, you're part of the family and you are holy. And I've got you. I'm possessing you in holiness. But we've got to accept the fact that we're built different, that we are holy. Because it's a hard thing to want to accept and hold on to. So I'm going to break it down through the verses we read. As I was praying and preparing this week and, and I was reading through the message version, Eugene Peterson wrote it. It's like a paraphrased version of the Bible. It, it uses a lot of common language. It's a, a version of the Bible that I encourage people to read when you're first starting to read the Bible because I get it. Sometimes the Bible can be confusing. 
What are they saying? What does that even mean? And the message is a great translation to be able to read through and kind of gain a little bit more understanding. And there's, there's three keys to living holy that I want to talk to you about based on these scripture. So in 1 Peter 1.13 in the message version, it says, So roll up your sleeves, put your minds in gear, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about, roll up your sleeves. The way I see that is hustle. Hustle. One of our core values at Soul Revival Church is hustle with heart. But as I read, roll up your sleeves, it's like, all right, I need to hustle. I need to put in work. Not working to gain holiness, but working so that I can sustain my holiness because God's calling me apart. And in a world that's filled with brokenness and that will call us into things that are not edifying to our souls, we have to be willing to hustle. We have to be willing to roll up our sleeves and put in a little bit of work so that we can say, all right, God, I know you're calling me to something that's different than what I'm looking at right now. You have said that I am built different, so in order to live different, I have to be willing to hustle, to put in work. Some of you are like, yep, I'm out. I feel lazy today. But it's so worth it. It's so worth it to say, all right, God, I'm willing to roll up my sleeves. Because you're saying I'm built different, so I want to hustle. What can hustle look like? And in Peter's life, that dude was hustling everywhere. Jesus asked him to do something, he would just do it. He says, hey, come follow me. He leaves everything behind, like, I'm ready to work. Let's go, Jesus. And he was married, so he just left his wife. Eh, I don't know if he left her behind. I would never leave you, babe. We're in this together. I imagine that his wife came with him, and we just might not hear about it. Because you hear about his mother-in-law later on, so that's how you know he was married. But he's willing to hustle, like, all right, we're doing this. God called us to do some hard work. We rolled up our sleeves and said, let's move back to Racine and plant a church. Won't this be awesome? And we brought our kids with us. Let's go. It's time to hustle. It's time to put in some work because God has called us to something different. And we're not uniquely different than anybody else. Like I, my whole life I grew up feeling like I was trying to fit in somewhere, doing all the wrong things. I didn't meet Jesus until I was 22 years old. Before that, just like, up, oh, people smoking weed, I'll go. That's cool, whatever. At first, no, I'm good. And then eventually end up doing what everybody else is doing. Drinking alcohol, everybody else is doing it. They seem to be feeling really good and awesome. So I'll try it. Till the next morning you woke up with that headache. You know what I'm saying? If you're here today and you're in that position, that's cool. This is where God wants you to be. I'm for real. God will meet you. A lot of times he'll meet you in those places. Like if we're having a conversation, I love asking people a question. I read it in a book once. He's like, hey, right now, if Jesus were here, would you rather hang out with me or you? And everyone's like, of course you. You're a pastor. Nope. Jesus would be hanging at the bars. He'd be on the street corners. That's who Jesus is. He goes into the darkness because he is light. So he meets people exactly where they're at. Even in the middle of a crying baby, he'll meet you in that room, I promise you. But he's calling us to say we're built different, but we have to be willing to hustle, to put in the work, to say, all right, I might have to go to those classes. I might have to connect with some people that are going to pull me outside of the friend group that I had before. It's going to require some effort, but it's worth it because he's saying I've built you differently. Through me, I'm calling you to be set apart. 
And I possess you, I have you, I've got you in my hands, but would you trust me and be willing to put in some work? Because you have to be different if you want to make a difference. You've got to be different. I know, it's hard. But when you can trust the fact that you were built different in the image of God, he wants to use you and do some incredible things through you if you're willing to hustle. Second thing, so roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear. Put your mind in gear. Second word, heart. I like alliteration, if you don't know already, if you haven't seen that in me. So the next one will start with an H too, just to let you know. But heart, and it wasn't by accident that I hustled with heart. I love how God works in even those moments. We weren't reading this scripture when we were putting together our values. But I clearly see it. Put your mind in gear. See, a lot of us might have head knowledge. Like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do. I've heard that about who God is. See, but when you have heart, it can activate that head knowledge. Having heart, it's like, man, I just, I'm overwhelmed within, within me and I've just got to respond to it. I have this heart that wants to do something more. And Jesus is in the business of changing hearts. When we get in proximity to him, he will change our hearts. Because it's out of our hearts that our actions come, that our words speak, all of it. And it's like, all right, in my mind I know what I'm supposed to do, but my heart's not in the right place, so I'm not doing it the way that I need to do it. Saying, God, help me have the right heart. Help me in this because I need your help. I can't do it on my own. I need him to do it. Because if I want transformation in my life, I need to have an application to the information, right? I'll put it the other way around. Like, information plus application equals transformation. So we've got the head knowledge, but now with my heart, I can see change happen. I can live out the fact that God has said, hey, you are built differently. So help my heart, God, help me do it. And because of my heart, I trust in him that I can be holy, that I can live out the holiness that I have. It's not saying you can earn this holiness. I will continue to tell you that it's no. God is saying you are holy when you believe in who I am and the fact that I love you, but you get to choose whether or not you live in it or not. You get to make that decision. And I really think that when we hustle and when we have the right heart, we can see that happen. In Peter's life, he shows us this heart. Sometimes in the wrong ways, like his heart was for Jesus even when he made mistakes. They came to take Jesus, do pull out a knife, like slice the dude's ear off. And you think the things you've done, there's no coming back from. And Jesus is just like, fix the ear. Hey, man, that's not cool. Don't do that again. Peter was making all kinds of mistakes, but at least he had heart for it. If someone has head knowledge and someone has passion, 
I'm choosing the person with passion because I feel like, man, we could teach them some things, but you cannot teach that passion, that, that drive that comes from within. That happens through transformation with Jesus because it's like, man, if you have that passion to do something and God has put that passion within you, he'll bring along the education. He'll give you some knowledge the closer you get to him and the more you hang out with some other people. But it's the heart that he wants to change first. He doesn't need you to try to get right. He's saying, no, I want your heart. Come to me and I will help you get right. Righteousness is a word that seems like a swear word sometimes. Righteousness just means getting right with God. Saying, look, and you can only get right with me when you come to me. I'm going to bring that healing and that restoration, and I will give you my heart and let it encourage you to live out a life following me. Because I have called you to live differently. I am telling you that you are built different, but you have to be willing to accept it. You have to be willing to hustle, and you have to have the heart to do it. You have to be different if you want to make a difference. I'm going to keep saying that today because... In a world filled with, like, hey, everybody's different, right? But everybody's trying to be different, but ends up being the same. And God's saying, no, 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 but I've got a different kind of different. I've got a different that is going to encourage your heart, and that's going to make an impact where you're at. Because as he's called us to impact the people that we come in contact with, man, we cannot make a difference if we're not willing to be different. And what's really weird is when you're trying to fit in, you're actually acting differently than how God created you to be. I don't know why Holden Caulfield just came in my head. Phonies, everybody's phonies. No, nobody read Catcher in the Rye? No? Okay, cool. We had to read it when I was in school. Maybe they don't make anybody read that anymore. Third thing. So roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear, and be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. In the NIV NIV translation, it says, set your hope. The third thing you need to be able to live in the holiness to be different is hope. Not the kind of hope that's wishful thinking. The kind of hope that says, oh, I just really hope that it happens. Cross my fingers. Hope to die. All that stuff. No, this is a biblical hope. The way that we define hope here is it's a confident expectation about a greater tomorrow based on the character and promises of God. Saying, I have hope because of who Jesus is. The fact that he already came and he died for me. If he never did another thing for me, I'm good. But he's so good that he's not leaving me there that he's still showing up every single day for me. And I've got a hope then. Because of what he's done in my past, the way that he brought me here, the salvation that I have through him, I'm going to have hope for the future. I'm confidently expecting of what he's going to do because of who he is and his character. I have hope for tomorrow. And because of that hope, I can accept the fact that I'm built different. In a city right now that's just riddled with gun violence and division and brokenness, God's saying you can still have hope. You can still have hope. Trust in me. Yesterday we showed up here and we just walked circles around the building, praying over it. Walked through the neighborhoods, praying over it. 
Every Saturday, we're showing up here from 9 to 10, and we're just going to start right here because we feel like Horlick High School is where God has called us to really just put a stake in the ground and say, we're claiming this for the name of Jesus. Because we have a hope for tomorrow. We have a hope for revival, that lives would be changed and transformed, and that this city can be brought back to the kingdom of God. That we can continue to push back darkness and say, yeah, but in order to do that, I have to be willing to be different. Having conversations with people, letting them know that they're loved, being kind and loving to somebody who's mean to you. Trolls on the internet saying, hey, that's stupid. Why would you pray? And instead of responding to the comment, immediately saying, I'm praying for that person right now. God, I pray for your favor in his life. We can't expect a broken world to live differently. We can't expect people who don't know Jesus to love like Jesus. But he's calling us to say, no, but you're built different so you can look different than the world does. So that when you're there and you're a light wherever you are, and people will say, what is different about you? And you can say, Jesus. What do you have that I don't? Because you just lost your job and you're smiling somehow. I have Jesus because I'm built different. It doesn't mean it hurts any less. It doesn't mean you don't have struggles because we all struggle. We're called to suffer. Not a cool thing. I'll be talking about it next week. But it's in the midst of it. He's saying you can have the joy of the Lord. Joy is different than happiness. Joy is a choice. You can choose joy. But I don't know how to do it if I'm not ready to hustle. If I'm not saying, God, you have my heart. And I'm not saying, God, I have hope in who you are. Because if I don't have hope in what he's going to do tomorrow, I don't know how I can have joy right now. But I know what he's going to do, and I'm saying, God, I want to be a part of it, so help me. Help me be different, because I know you've built me that way. And that's an invitation that we all have. He's saying, you're built different, because you're my kid. You're built different. I've set you apart. You're built different. I'm saying that you can be holy, because I'm holy. But are you willing to fight for it? You might lose some friends along the way. There might be some contacts in your phone you got to cut out. You might take some flack, like, oh, here we go again. God will give you opportunities to talk about them wherever you are. And it's not to talk about them like you're standing on a corner with a sign saying, follow Jesus or go to hell. It's like, no. I'm the person that when you're having a hard day, I'll say, hey, can I pray with you? They might say no, but that's cool because they know that you asked them. That can be intimidating. That's where you say, God, give me that heart. In God's word, it says, take heart. Another translation, take courage. God is saying we can take his courage. He'll let us use it for a minute. As many minutes as you want, he'll let you keep using it. But we got to be bold. We have to be willing to be different. And it starts when we accept the fact that we are built different. God's saying, you can be holy, you can, because I, I own you. You stepped in a relationship with me, you're part of my family, and I'm set apart, so you are too. And Jesus says, the first will be last, and the last will be first. It's not saying, hey, I'm set apart, so I'm going first, and I'm cooler than you. It's not the worldly definition of built different. It's saying, no, I'm willing to let somebody go before me. I'm willing to get down in the dirt with somebody and love them where they're at have the hard conversations, to talk to the people everybody else is trying to avoid and 
the people that you think are just mean and disgruntled, like there's a pain, there's a heartache that's there. Hurt people hurt people. As we say, God, help me to be holy. Help me to be different because I want to love people the way that you do. He'll do it. He will do it. Our outlook on life is what determines the outcome. We did a whole series on that to kick off the year. Winning the war in our minds, the things that we think about. So when we can have a hope and we're thinking in that way and then we say, God, and I've, I'm praying that you would give me the heart to allow me to live out the things that I'm thinking about. And the hustle to work hard to roll up my sleeves and be a part of it, God, what do you want to do in my life? So that we can believe the fact that we are built different. There's a moment in Peter's life that I think gives us a great example of what it looks like to live with that hope. So Jesus preaches a message. He feeds all these people with an awesome miracle. And they're asking him for some more bread. And he tells them, I'm the bread of life. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. He said that, and they freaked out. Everybody started to leave and stop following him. He didn't mean it in a physical way. He was just letting them know, like, hey, I'm all that you need to sustain your life if you trust in me. But they heard it the wrong way. Jesus wasn't surprised. He knew it was going to happen. There's some people in your lives that might step away when you start to follow Jesus because they're like, ooh, you're weird now. That's cool. That's kind of weird I want to be. You call it weird. I call it different. And as they were turning back in John 6, 66 to 67, Jesus says, hey, you don't want to leave too? He's talking to his disciples. And here's how Peter responds. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. That's a place that I want us to live in. Where when things get a little bit hard, when it's challenging to be different, and we are left with this question of, man, following Jesus isn't exactly what I thought it would look like. It's a lot harder than I thought it might look like. And it can be tough to be different. Peter's words hit my heart hard. Because it's this idea of where else would I go? When I feel like giving up, when I feel like not doing it anymore, it's like, where else would I go? Man, none of us are perfect, and life can be challenging, and times can get hard, and things won't always work out the way that we hope that they would. But when we trust and cling to the hope of who Jesus is, that he will have it for us, it's saying, I, I don't know what, why things happen the way it is. I don't know why I had to lose a loved one. I don't know why the people I love keep abandoning me. I don't know why those things happen, but where else would I go? That's the kind of hope that Peter had, and that's the kind of hope I want us to have. To say, Jesus, where else would I go? Going back to the old way of living just isn't an option. You've called me to something new. You said I'm built different, so I'm going to trust that. I will have that kind of hope because you have to be different if you want to make a difference. You've got to be willing to be different, and it will require some hustle rolling up those sleeves.
It'll require the heart to want to do it. And it happens when you spend time with Jesus. He'll change our hearts and he'll help us activate the head knowledge he's given us. And we have to have a hope for a greater tomorrow. That confident expectation of a greater tomorrow based on the character and promises of God. He was in heaven. He chose to come. Jesus chose to come down and to be persecuted for our sake and to die for us, to take on all the sin, all the shame, all the condemnation, to say, look, I'm willing to stand in the gap for you. And because of him dying for our sins and being raised to life again, that he sent his Holy Spirit saying, I want to help you be holy. And I think that's just awesome, too, because the Holy Spirit, the name for the Holy Spirit is because there, there are spirits of depression. There are demonic spirits. There are spirits that are attacking. And it's saying, no, there is a Holy Spirit. There is a different spirit, the spirit of God that's set apart from anything else, any evil that you're up against. There is a spiritual battle that we are facing right now. And when we acknowledge that and say, yeah, whatever I'm facing, God, that's okay because I have the Holy Spirit. I have the spirit that's set apart. I have the spirit that's built different that God has given me. And I have that power and authority to push back darkness. And I'm willing to accept the fact that I'm built different. Not because of anything that I can do, but because of what Jesus did for me and what I can do through the Holy Spirit living in me. Holy Spirit, like we talk about the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't like to talk about it. It's not some weird, funky thing. It's like, no, God's saying, I'm giving you my spirit. When Jesus was here, he said, I got to go because I got something better for you. Because Jesus, he can only hang with so many people in physical proximity. But he's saying, yeah, but when I'm back in heaven, I send the Holy Spirit. Anybody who believes in me has that power living within him. You say yes to a relationship with Jesus. And you say, I want to follow him. I believe that he is who he says he is, that he did what he did for us, that he died for us, and he raised to life again. You now have the Holy Spirit living within you. We'll lead and guide you. It's that feeling that you get sometimes where you're like, yep, I'm ready to go back into my old ways. And you feel it. And you're just like, oh, but then you feel ashamed. So then you just keep going. And God's saying, no, 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 no. That is conviction. And I'm just trying to pull you back because I want to remind you that you're set apart, that you're built different. But there are challenges that we'll face. I gave you three things and how to fight for and to live out our holiness. Well, in the next verse, 1 Peter 1.14, some things to be cautious of. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves. Those old grooves of evil doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then. You do now. I'm going to ask Naomi to come up. My first of seven closes. Nobody laughed. I'm just kidding. Don't lazily slip back. You have to be cautious of laziness. It's like the opposite of what we just Talked about rolling up our sleeves, right? Having that hustle. Laziness will get us. It's easy to fall back into old ways if we're not intentional. You have to be careful of laziness. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil doing just what you feel like doing. That's lustfulness. Typically, that word is left for the sexual side of things, but lust is anything that our flesh craves that isn't of God. 
things that we just desire and we want to go after that we shouldn't. And it's saying, hey, be careful. Don't do just what you feel like doing. I don't know about you, but when I wake up on Mondays, I don't feel like going to work. Like, man, I just want to chill and do nothing, right? But if you don't go to work, you don't get paid, so you're like, I better do it. The thing about God, though, is he'll give us energy to get up and do those things, but also not to get lazy and not go after the things that we lust after because we can stand in his power and authority and say, all right, I might not feel like opening God's word this morning. That's okay. We've all been there. Don't feel condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ. That's how the enemy works because he'll want you to feel like, up. Oh, I don't feel like reading my Bible, so now I should feel badly about it. So now I'm not only going to not read my Bible, I'm also not even going to talk to God today because I feel like he's mad at me. That's not who God is. So it's pushing past that and saying, all right, God, help me have this hustle. Help me have the heart that I need to have. And even when I don't feel like it, we sang that this morning. Sometimes we don't feel things, but having faith, it's a confident expectation. It's that hope that we have. It's believing in the things we don't see. The third thing to be cautious of, though, is you didn't know any better then. You do now. That lack of loyalty. That's what it is, really. When you know what God's calling you to do and you're just like, yeah, but I don't want to do it. You know better now. Like this is a challenge for our hearts today, but challenge is a good thing. Challenge creates growth. Tension creates growth. Be challenged by it to be like, all right, God. I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. You're a king's kid. God has called you to something different. He says you are built different. And because I'm built different. I can do things differently. I don't need to fall into those temptations because I'm trusting in God and believing that I am who he says that I am because of who he is. But you've got to be willing to be different in order to make a difference. And it continues on in 1 Peter 1, 15 to 16. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life. A life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy, you be holy. Man, just be pulled into it. God's saying, I'm inviting you. Jesus was attractive. Everybody who saw him wanted to hang with him. He's just as attractive now, even more so. And if you let yourself be pulled into that, you can say, all right, God, I'm going to believe the fact that I'm built different. You said that you have set me apart, so I'm believing in it. So, God, I'm going to work for it. I'm going to roll up my sleeves, and I'm going to hustle. I'm going to have a heart for you, God, and out of this world, because I want more of who you are. And I'm going to have a hope for the future. No matter what I'm facing right now, I'm going to have a hope in you, because I believe the fact that I'm built different. You are set apart, whether you believe it or not. When you make a decision to follow Jesus, he said, yep, you're different. You're built different. And as it continues, 1 Peter 1.17 says, you call out to God for help, and he helps. He's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and won't let you get by with sloppy living. 
What that's saying right there is, hey, God loves you, but the same way we tell our kids all the time, there's consequences to your actions. God's allowing us to make decisions and choices within our lives, and when it's a choice that pulls us in the wrong direction, there could be a consequence for it. And there's a final judgment day, a judgment day where, look, when you say yes to a relationship with Jesus, you're saved. But he's saying, but I've got so much more for you. And there is a day, a final judgment that you will have to stand and account for the things that you have. People say that all the time and it can be very intimidating and scary. Like, man, I'm gonna have to answer for all the things I did wrong. But that word judgment, the way that it's actually interpreted is meaning that God is actually looking for the good things that you've done to reward you for it. So on that final day, when you step into heaven and you get to come before the Lord, he's like, hey, I'm ready to have a party and celebrate the things that you did for my glory. I want a celebration in the kingdom of heaven that's crazy. So God, hey, right now, help me be different and help me make a difference. Because now when I do that, there's consequences for my actions here on this side of heaven. I want to trade in those consequences for a heavenly reward. I want to trade it in to say, God, I'm ready to celebrate with you when you tell me the things that I did through you. Like, it doesn't even make sense. I couldn't do it on my own strength, but you still want to celebrate me for the things you decided to do just because I said yes. You got to be willing to be different in order to make a difference. So it's saying, God, I want to live differently right now. But when you slip up and you make mistakes, there's grace for that, but there's still, there's some things that you got to do to work through it. But he helps us. We call on his name and he will help us. You have to accept the fact that you are built different. Last verses I want to read to you. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 21. It says, your life is a journey. You must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It costs God plenty to get you out of that dead end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished, sacrificial lamb. And this was no afterthought. Even though it has only lately at the end of the ages become public knowledge, God always knew he was going to do this for you. It's because of this sacrificial Messiah whom God then raised from the dead and glorified that you trust God, that you know you have a future in God. Jesus' sacrifice wasn't an accident, it was an appointment. It was an appointment God knew he was going to have to make so that we could get into direct relationship with God. He's saying, I am built different, and my son is built different, and because of my son and the sacrifice that he made for each of you, you can be built different too. It's an appointment that he knew he was taking on. Him standing in the gap for us for the choices we've made, and we just have to say, yes, Jesus, I'm yours. There's some of you in this space today that you've never made that decision to step into a relationship with Jesus. And you're unsure what that looks like. Well, God's word says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's believing that Jesus is who he said he is and the fact that he died for you, but he didn't stay there and he rose again. And he offers us forgiveness for our sin, forgiveness for the bad choices that we make. And he's saying, look, I had an appointment to come and save you. 
Will you accept that free gift of grace? Will you accept the fact that I've called you to be holy like I'm holy because you need to know that you are built different? We never close a service without giving people an opportunity to respond to that truth right there. Someone in this place today is like, yes, I want that relationship with Jesus. Well, I want to ask if, if everybody would be willing to bow your head and close your eyes. This is a safe space. And when I count to three, when I get to three, if that's you today and you say, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to step into the fact that I'm called to be holy, that I can be built different and that he loves me and wants to use me. I'm going to ask that when I get to three, you would shoot your hand in the air. One, you need to know that Jesus died for you and it wasn't an accident. It was an appointment. Two, you need to know that he'll meet you right where you're at. It doesn't matter the choices you've made yesterday or even this morning, but that his grace is sufficient and he loves you and he will comfort you. And three, if that's you, would you shoot your hand in the air today? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You can go ahead and put them down. Would you pray with me, God? I thank you so much for those who made that decision today that said yes to a relationship with you. God, I thank you that you have called us to being different because you are different. You are holy. We believe that you died for our sins and that you raised again. And God, I thank you that you forgive our sins. We are sorry for where we fall short. And we praise you that you look at our sin as far as the east is from the west. God, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate with all of heaven for those who made that decision today? Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.